Blog Talk Radio. episode of Trendlebed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trendlebed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trendlebed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on a podcast system, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. And this is episode 145, Josh Gates Live. And before we get into that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. And with that, uh, that's a reminder that you can be a part of the show. Call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free, 1-877-633-9389. And... I'm going to have a couple of programs going on this month. In particular, I am going to be presenting at uh, the Slater Library on Friday, November 10th at 12 p.m. And I think I've got one other one I don't have my schedule here. I also hope we did get two episodes of the YouTube uh, loaded in the YouTube channel this month and uh, I think we are going to be doing better on that going forward I have one that should be ready I have do a little bit of editing on it but it should be ready this Friday and I actually did finish an episode uh, this last week but it was for the Iowa Library Association YouTube channel. So you can look that up if you like. And um, let's see. I think that's about the, the biggest thing going on. So that should be the end of our housekeeping. Okay, so um, our deal is that we are going to be talking tonight about a show I went to at the Adler Theater this month. Now, uh, first off, who is Josh Gates? Josh Gates, that is not a question you would ask if you ever watch the Discovery Channel because Josh Gates is sort of the face of the Discovery Channel. 
he is the host of um, Expedition Unknown. He is the co host of Josh Gates Tonight. He also uh, works with, uh, or he also works with a couple other shows. Has done short short-term shows with um, Bill Shatner for Shark Week and with Christopher Lloyd for Back to the Future. And I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. I, I highly recommend his shows. And the one thing I do not recommend is that Discovery is just terrible about telling you when the shows are going to be on. They're normally on Wednesday nights. Fair enough. But then they are, uh, they don't really say when the start and stop dates are going to be. You know, for instance, and this is a streaming thing, but with, say, you know, Loki or Only Murders in the Building, you know, there's a set run and you know, okay, well, it'll start here, it'll go once a week, and at the end it will be over and we'll have to wait and see if there is another season. Please let there be other seasons for both those shows because they're amazing. But uh, Discovery doesn't do that. You just go, oh, great. Josh Gates started like three or four episodes ago. You turn it over and it is something else. It's a show about digging up gold as in mining gold, not looking for hidden treasure, but, you know, mining gold or making moonshine. Or right now, lately, they have been pairing him with sort of the main ghost shows that, that they do that also are on travel a lot. And I, I just want them to tell me when Josh Gates is going to be on. I mean, that does not seem like a big ask. So I was looking to try and find out when he was going to be on again, and they say helpful things like new episodes in the spring, and it's like June. So I just don't like that. But I was looking at his website, which also does not say when the new episodes are going to come on, but it did say appearances. And um, I went, appearances, that seems really, really odd. I didn't know that, you know, I can't see him going around and, like, opening grocery stores or something. And he doesn't. What he does is he goes around and gives speeches. And it really was very interesting just from the idea that it happened because, um, you don't really think of that anymore. You know, it was people like Mark Twain and um, and Charles Dickens and people like that who would go around and give speeches that the public would flock to. And the idea that somebody is doing that still is just kind of cool. And I just don't suppose that it really should surprise me because in a way that's what I do. But it, it just seems this national touring going around and talking about the places he's been, it, it just seems 
so 19th century and so cool. And so I looked just to sort of see what was going on, and I figured out it was these speeches he was doing, and one of them was in Iowa. And I was like, oh, my gosh. If Josh Gates comes to Iowa, I am going to go see him. So I did, and I bought my ticket to the Adler Theater. And this was like months ago. I don't think it was actually June. I think it was before June. I think it was when I was trying to figure out when he was coming back on in like February or March. I'm not sure. I didn't write down when they, we did it. But, but so I said, okay, I'm going to buy a ticket. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be plenty of tickets. This is so far out. There's going to be plenty of tickets. So I went and looked and actually a lot of the seats had already sold out. And I was like, oh, these must be just standard Adler people who go to all the shows. These were not standard Adler people that go to all the shows. These were Josh Gates people. And partly that is to, um, it's a little easier to understand if I tell you that he um, had not toured. His last tour had been, and uh, he said it was in real early March in Nashville at the Ryman Auditorium, which is also cool. And also big, so you can see how many people go to see him. But they, uh, they hadn't. He hadn't toured since 2020, and this was like the third show he'd done. So that is why people, you know, who had been wanting to see him for the last three years, and people who were from out of state might rush in to get these tickets. Uh, and so I looked, and I was just going by myself because my cousin I do things like that with sometimes, not a Josh Gates fan. Um, my mom really didn't want to go. My partner in crime, uh, Kelly, that I've been doing a lot of stuff with lately, she did not know who Josh Gates was, so I was going by myself. So I said, okay, there's a row or a single seat in the good section. And it it wasn't like this was the only seat left, but there were mostly single seats around. So I bought this signal seat. And there was an option to get a meet and greet. And I was like, I am just going to this to see Josh Gates. I have no idea what he's doing. And if I am going to all that trouble, I am going to, uh, I'm going to uh, go and see him. So I went and got the picture of, or paid the extra to use a meet and greet. So, uh, and overall, I have to tell you, Josh Gates was just so incredibly nice. They had limited the meet and greet to about 125 people, according to the staff person I asked, which is a little odd because I would have said there was more than that, but I assume their numbers are right because they kept checking us. 
and um, and by that I mean you had to check your name like three times to get in to see Josh. But he was super nice. He actually talked to people. He um, uh, had little conversations. It was a long time to wait in line. But I would say that Josh Gates was talking to somebody the whole time from there until after the show. And I think he would have talked after the show, too, except that the people who ran the theater were like, come on, round her up, get them out of here, which I do not really blame them for. But it's kind of a a nice thing to, you know, to know he would have been willing. And I really think he would have been. So um, that was sort of my main takeaway, that Josh Gates is as nice in real life as he is on the show, or at least he's very good to keep that mask up for a long period of time in situations where it would be easy for it to break. So loved Josh Gates. So Uh, The next thing I wanted to talk about was the meet and greet. Because as I say, this is a thing I have seen at a couple different times uh, at shows that I have gone to lately. And that is uh, this little extra fee to do a meet and greet. Now, me, I hear meet and greet. What I think of is reception. And, you know, there would be like, a little food, there might be punch or tea or something, that there'd be a chance to go through the merchandise table, and uh, then it would be like he'd be making the round. That is not what happened, and it is not what has happened at any of the three meet and greets that I have heard lately. So if you have that kind of older idea of what a meet and greet is, if you are buying it because of a speaker, uh, all three times I have seen it lately, you go, you get in a line, you get a chance to buy something, you get a chance to either, well, to either get a picture or to get something signed, and you may or may not have to pay additionally for that. And you spend a lot of time standing in line, and when you're done, you're out, which is just a totally different thing than what I was expecting. But like I said, Josh Gates was really nice. Make sure you take money if you go to one of these. The merchandise uh, table for Josh Gates had his books, which is called Destination Truth, which uh, he wrote after his uh, first show. It's the same name as his first show that he did. Um, They had my favorite thing. This is what I broke down and got was a compass. Um, you could get signed books, you could get signed photos, and he would personalize them for you um, to get if you wanted. They had tote bags, which actually would have been pretty clever if you were trying to carry too much of the stuff you bought. 
But the best thing was that compass. I did bring my copy of the book along because even though I haven't read it yet, I uh, had gotten a copy a while back. So I took that and he signed that and I got one of the signed pictures and I got the signed compass. And that was kind of awesome. So um, going to this in particular, you had to have a ticket master ticket on your phone. And you got an email sent to you earlier that said you had to download it into the wallet on your phone. Now, some people must do Ticketmaster all the time. I am not a big Ticketmaster person and, frankly, have real qualms about doing business with Ticketmaster because they do some really crappy stuff. But that was the only way to get the tickets, so I did go ahead and do that. I did figure out how to get it downloaded on my phone, although, again, I will tell you that the meet and greet uh, and the attendance ticket weren't um, weren't the same ticket. It wasn't like this is the ticket and it's showing you have this upgrade. It was two different tickets, and so I had trouble getting it aligned. Also, no, they were having they were having to spend so much time trying to get people to have the tickets right so they could go through. And then just think about how many things that could go wrong with that. And then they had a sign up that they didn't want you to take pictures and they didn't want you to take videos. And it's sort of like you're requiring us to bring something that takes pictures and videos and yet we're not supposed to do that. And apparently uh, somebody else was telling me they had gone to, um, I think it was a comedian, and they had bags that you had to put your phone in, and they locked it, and they could only be unlocked when you went out. So there's a lot of weird things with phones right now, but you may be forced to use something with Ticketmaster, Now, during the pandemic, the two big arms outstretched uh, helplines that I really felt I had that weren't people who knew me were Allison Armagram, who read the Little House books to us daily for a couple of years, which, and then she went on and read other stuff, but And honestly, I still don't know why Harper's didn't shut her down. But it really meant a lot. And it really, it was a dose of sanity and reaching out to other people. And I will never forget that. I really, truly appreciate her doing that. And the recordings are still on her Facebook page. And the other one was Josh Gates tonight and Josh Gates tonight came about because uh, the discovery like hardly had anything to show and they apparently called Josh Gates and said could you record something from your house you can even record it on iPad and the early episode he was in his spare bedroom at his house. And in the last one that he did the spare bedroom, 
he showed us how he had it set up and it was just on a tripod and my god i thought sure they at least had a camera guy there because really it was very nicely framed and for that to have just happened magically i don't know but some somebody someplace must have been helping him because it really was nice and what he would do then is he had a talk show and the talk show would involve him going some um, local place to that would be outside so he could you know do something or learn something uh, and then he would do video calls with people that he always wanted to talk to because he's a huge fan of different things like everybody is like back to the future and star trek and stuff like that and so he'd call these people up, and since they were all stuck at home too, they would zoom in and he would interview them. And then he'd normally do a cocktail of some kind, which was not my thing, but okay. And it just really was, again, it was like a hand reaching out that you were all talking about things you liked together. And it was just, it was great, and I don't know why they don't have them on anymore because it just meant a lot. Um, I think his favorite bit that he showed, because why he showed photos of different people who had been on his show, he also showed this shot-for-shot reproduction of the Murder, She Wrote opening with him doing it instead of Angela Lansbury. And apparently that was one of the things he had to push the network for. And they were like, will anybody understand this? And he said, my mom will think it's great. And they let him do it. And it is pretty great. They did it side by side showing uh, the murder she wrote opening and him redoing it. And it was pretty cool. Um, So, Josh Gates Tonight was one of the first shows to really come in again. And then he also, because he was back working, when they let him get uh, back to the uh, studio and let more people be involved again, he they had him do two short-term things. One was Back to the Future with Christopher Lloyd. And uh, he went and picked up Christopher Lloyd, and then they hunted. uh, They were trying to find a DeLorean that had actually been used in the movie that they could then sell for charity for Michael J. Fox's uh, research and help organization. And it was like six episodes, and they went and dropped in people who, uh, you know, so like the guy who was a used car salesman was uh, the guy who was the young man in the the diner who says he's going to be um, mayor someday. And the security guard at the gate of the studio they're trying to get in was, Uh, the guy who played Principal Strickland and they went and talked to Leah Thompson and all sorts of cool stuff. If you like Back to the Future you have to find this show and watch it Uh, and they do actually find the show we learned that there were I think six cars used within the course of the show and what happened to all of them 
and then they do find this car and it is restored and it is sold for auction. And I think what actually happened was they found the car, restored it for auction, and then came up with the story to um, provide content for the network and also to promote selling the car for the charity. And then they did one with diving with sharks with William Shatner because they normally have people come and do the shark stuff. And he said, they told him, well, we can get to the Bahamas and can you get one of the people who was on the show with you to come with you that was a celebrity to make this um, more interesting for people. And they said, um, that uh, they asked around, and William Shatner said he'd come down with them. And he said, but with all this still going on, he wants a private plane to take him from uh, the United States to the Bahamas. And Josh Gates said, well, I knew that would be it because I've been having to travel southwest for years with the, the Travel Channel and with Discovery. And they said, sure, no problem, private, private plane. So they... Uh, went down there and he said they wrote the script so they put you know he's heard every Star Trek joke there is so he didn't really want to do too many Star Trek jokes so maybe they could dial that back so they had to review the script revise the script so they put a bunch more in including a joke where he says Kong Kong it was a great series and he said apparently he his new job is to do shows with uh, elderly uh, highlights of American culture and try not to kill them. So what is this show like that he does in terms of um, his speech? Well, first off, he talked about all that, what he did during the pandemic, what happened to him, why they were doing stuff who he got to deal with that was really cool. And um, and he talked about uh, searches for treasures and monsters and uh, legends, which is the name of his show. And his next uh, big section was about how he got the job in the first place, which it turned out that his parents, his mother was originally from England. They lived in Boston. And his father would fly around the world because he was a skin diving expert. And so his father had started him scuba diving when he was just a little kid. And um, he had always been really interested in travel because they would go back to England to see her mom, his mom's people. They, his dad would come back and tell their stories. Sometimes they'd go with them and, you know, just travel around the world. So he was um, really interested in learning about things. So he majored in archaeology. And he also was really interested in talking to people. So he uh, was in the arts. So he had a dual major of archaeology and the arts. And he uh, was thinking that he would be an underwater archaeologist. Like his dad had done these special things and he would do the water, underwater stuff and do archaeology. And he'd done that. 
And he was about at the point where he was going to go for getting his master's at, I think he said Texas A&M, which had the largest underwater or the the most well-considered water archaeology program at that time. And he said, you know, I'm going to take a gap year off and I'm going to try and pursue this. Uh, the acting thing and see what I can do with that. So he came out to California and he got a job as an actor. And I think jobs in California around Los Angeles must run differently than jobs other places because you always hear about these prospective actors and how they can take time off to go to auditions and stuff. So what Josh would do is he would get um, a job for doing, he said, like the, a commercial for, uh, I think it was Stanley Tools, something like that. Um, and, and he'd get a job, he'd do it, it would be a short run thing. He'd have a few dollars in his pocket from that, so he would go on a trip someplace. So he was still doing a lot of traveling. And he decided with his friends, that uh, a couple friends of his, that they were going to climb a real mountain. So they decided to climb Kilimanjaro and then go, uh, which is in Africa, and then go and um, take a safari and then uh, lie on the beach for a month or for a couple weeks anyway. So uh, that's what he did. And all the while he was there, this agent he knew was trying to get him to come back because he had pitched a show for discovery. They had done a pilot and they said, he said, you are going to be the host for this thing. You need to come back as soon as you can. And uh, what he didn't know is since they hadn't like, they'd also done a casting call. So Josh gets off the plane is still, you know, wearing the clothes that he had in, in, Africa, hadn't showered, any of that. He had just come off traveling, and he went to see the guy, and uh, he said, that's perfect. We've got an appointment with the network tomorrow. Show up. So he showed, or, but don't shower, don't change your clothes, don't do anything. Just come like this exactly tomorrow. So he ended up doing that, and there were three other guys in um, the lobby and it was a very fancy looking lobby and he one of the people was in a suit and one of the people was in a leather jacket and uh, he just really almost left but he didn't and he went in and said I'm sorry that I look like this but I just got off a plane from Africa and they said this is the job so uh, he started doing this, this show where he was the host and there was a group of other people, and they'd fly in someplace and explore a legend. Now, Destination Truth was pretty much all about cryptids and were these monsters real? And the second series, Expedition Unknown, has a lot more history stuff in there, too. So, um, Apparently, some of the highest rated episodes are about this book called The Secret, where this guy hid keys somewhere around the country and um, parts around the country and thought people would quickly find them all. And that was 1981. And there's like 12 keys and they found three of them. 
and the people who know the secrets, the the answers, are all dead because he died in a car crash. Uh, but the game is still going on, and that people love that. He um, also has uh, done searching for various gold things, uh, unexplored or newly discovered cities, um, anywhere you could use LIDAR, just all sorts of different historical things. And are these really real? Are these stories really true? And uh, there was somebody in line with me, and they were talking about why they wanted the show for the, actually for the meet and greet. And he said, uh, he might not find what he went looking for, but he always finds something. And all these other shows, they don't find anything. And I thought that was really interesting and true. Uh, so people who like adventure and people who like the idea of the supernatural are really uh, are a lot of fans. And he... He classifies himself as an open-minded skeptic, that he really believes in science, but that science may not be the best way to prove anything or disprove anything about the supernatural. Uh, and for to explain this, first he... Uh, he put a picture of a ghost on the screen and he said, okay, let's say this terrifying ghost, which it really did. It was just a drawing, but it was pretty scary. Uh, He said, what if this ghost stepped off the screen, appeared on stage and shot lightning bolts out of its hands and chased us all out of the theater? Well, If that happened, the newspaper would say there was a mass hallucination or there was a gas leak suspected or, you know, something like that. Because for science to say it's real, what we would have to have would be to have the same ghost appear at the same time and be able to show a repeated pattern and to test the different uh, parts of it, which he's right. And he says supernatural stuff doesn't work like that, so it doesn't test well. And if you are wondering about whether there could really be cryptids out there, he showed three uh, recent discoveries, and they were just in the last couple of years, including one that, uh, that was a like three and a half foot tall monkey with a bright blue butt. And he said, if we have missed this three and a half foot tall monkey with a bright blue butt, even once we had an idea they were out there and were looking for them specifically, and it took us like like five years of dedicated search to find it once they actually thought it might be out there, that there could be all sorts of things that we don't know about. And there is a quote that I think was, I actually found this at a quote site, which I don't, don't agree with, but 
I don't like like quote sites usually because they tend to just make stuff up. But this was all the quotes in there were things I remembered him saying from the speech. So I wanted to tell you this one. Uh, I think that it's important for people to understand that there's a lot of mystery left in the world. There's a lot of wonder left in the world, and there are, are places that we never fully understand. And his encouragement to people is that you should go out. You should go out into the world. You should try to travel new places. You should try and do new things that you shouldn't just settle for being in the one spot you are where you feel comfortable, that you should go out and try new things. And I think that is a very argument, and I think that's really his viewpoint. And honestly, I think a lot of the people who came to see him not everybody. There was some parents who'd brought a kid for surprise uh, right behind me sitting. And uh, they hadn't come from the meet and greet. So I told them about the compasses. So the kid went and got a, an autograph compass and was just thrilled. But he was talking about the adventure part. And I think a lot of people do watch the show for the adventure part. But there are definitely a lot of supernatural believing people who are also his fans. And if you actually watch the show, he does a fairly even-handed thing. He'll say, okay, this is the supernatural side. This is the science side. And at the end, he normally says something that's like, yeah, we don't think so. And he doesn't say it plainly like that, but if you listen to what he's saying, he's like, yeah, this is, there is no monster here. But there are some things that he is not, uh, not 100% sure on, and one of them is ghosts. He specifically said there, during the question and answer period, somebody asked him uh, what he was most uh, scared of, and he said when he was in the Japanese suicide forest, he saw a figure, corner of his vision, a real person like standing there. And when he turned his head, there wasn't anybody there. And uh, another time uh, they had to, on Destination Truth, they wore these like harness things that would have a um, night vision camera pointed at their faces so you could get reaction shots and the batteries went dead quickly. So he thought his camera guy was pulling on him to change the battery and he was like stop pulling so hard and he looked around and the camera guy was like 10 feet away from him and he thought that was scary and um, that another camera guy was like shoved down in one of the places and he's a camera guy he isn't interested in the supernatural part but it was like he really got shoved down. And so I think Josh thinks maybe there may still be ghosts. At least there's been stuff happen that he is not going to say there aren't. And I think if anybody ever proves that there is a Bigfoot, it's going to be Josh Gates. 
I really truly believe that um, because he keeps finding stuff and he goes, you know, and he's just waiting for him to tell him, no, that isn't right. And it's like, nope, nope, this is, this is not anything we have a record of. And he's sort of like, really? And he keeps hitting these things. And actually, I am now, if I ever get to Walt Disney World again, I have to go through the Expedition Everest uh, queue, which I've never done because roller coasters in me said goodbye a long time ago. There was a day when I rode four of them at once and when I got off the last one, it was like something clicked in my head and said, okay, that's it. You're done with roller coasters. So I have never done it, but I'm going to have to do the Expedition Everest queue and then take the chicken exit because Josh Gates found a Bigfoot print and that Bigfoot print mold is in the Expedition Everest Bigfoot Museum. And I just I just have to go see it. So and I think that the the open minded skeptic probably sums me up too that I there are things that we can't prove aren't there. Now that doesn't mean you believe anything that comes down the track. It's just there are things you can't prove aren't there. But one thing you can definitely prove is what a nice person Josh Gates is and that it was really cool to go see him speak. He also had pictures and a PowerPoint. He did videos. Uh, we got to see a little teaser for one of his uh, upcoming episodes when they finally get it done. And it just, it was great to go see him. If you like him on the show, you will like him uh, when he speaks. And he was just super nice to everybody that was in line. So be an open-minded skeptic too and know that one thing that you can be sure of is that Josh Gates is really nice and I'm glad I went to see his show and I hope you do too. I will mention if anybody has uh, interest in going to another show at the Adler Theater in Davenport, uh, they want you to park in a parkade that is across the way that is not a really great looking parkade. And there's a hotel right next door that it looks like is also having you park in that parkade. And if that is true, um, I don't know that I would feel the best about that. The theater itself, though, is great. And they let you have popcorn and pop as long as you buy it there. And it was a fun night. Go see Josh Gates. Go see stuff at the Adler. And remember to brighten the corner where you are.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.